When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. Hello, hello, you chasers of excellence. Patrick here with a quick introduction to this week's episode. I'm calling it a benchmark. We are, Ben and I are quickly encroaching upon 200 episodes of Chasing Excellence. Huge thank you to those folks out there who have been listening from the start. Uh, And I thought it'd be fun every once in a while as we get closer to that number to revisit some of the big uh, episodes from uh, the early days of the podcast, some of the episodes that um, still get good download numbers that people still talk to us about, uh, that I still think about as kind of big keystone episodes or keystone ideas uh, throughout the history of this podcast. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to do our first benchmark. We're going to go all the way back to January 10th, 2017, with an episode that we called Daily Discipline. So we're going to get into it. We're even going to start with the old school intro. I hope you enjoy it. Again, thank you to those who maybe listened to this the first time around. And Ben and I will be back next week for a brand new episode of Chasing Excellence. Until then, enjoy this benchmark. There's going to be a whole lot of things that are outside of your control. Let them go. Let them go. Just focus on what is the best thing I can do. The best thing I can do to maximize my potential. My potential. My potential. All right, Ben. It is January 3rd, so uh, a time when a lot of people are thinking about the year ahead, maybe the year behind, um, and obviously uh, very common to set aside some time to think about goals or or New Year's resolutions. So I thought this would be a good time to talk to you about that, especially in light of the fact that I know you hate New Year's resolutions. So I wanted to begin first with why do you hate New Year's resolutions? I don't. I don't hate New Year's resolutions. I was very New Year's resolutions. You could say were responsible in large part for changing much of my life. Mm-hmm. So they were effective for a part of my development as a person, as a coach, as a businessman, as a person that likes to live with some sort of self discipline. So when I was um, when I was very young, I would do New Year's resolutions and it would be things like, I'm not going to eat chocolate for this year, or I'm not going to, whatever it was. Um, as I got into health, I made some really drastic New Year's resolutions where every single year I literally give something up. Starting my junior year of college, I gave up red meat. And then that went away. I came back to red <laughs> meat. But um, another year I gave up um, sweets, didn't do sweets at all. Another year I gave up baked goods, didn't do any baked goods. And those things stuck. Like I didn't eat a sweet or a baked good for 14 years. Wow. So they have their place and they can be powerful. So for people that they work for, I love them, mm-hmm. right? So if, if they work for you and you're doing them and it's changing your life, awesome. That's not the vast majority of people. The vast majority of people make New Year's resolutions and then Everyone knows the story by Valentine's Day. They're long forgotten. If not, I mean, it's already January 3rd. I'm, 
I'd be impressed if a lot of people are holding on to him today, <laughs> right? So for the very small population of people that are incredibly self-disciplined, that are incredibly goal-oriented, that have that um, that willpower to stick to something, awesome. It's a, it's a starting point. It's a checkpoint. It's a uh, place to move yourself forward. I don't think that's most people and that's why I don't like them because I think people – People think goals or resolutions as something um, that are they're not enough to move the needle, and that's why I don't like them. Okay. So, first question is, why do you think you're the type that that worked for when it doesn't work for a lot of people? Is that a result of something? You know, you you said junior in college, you you gave up that. Had you spent the last ten years or the ten years prior setting goals and figuring that out, or are you just like you said, some people those that kind of big? I'm not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. That that just works, and for a lot of people, it doesn't. Are you just the type that it works for, or is there something specific in there about you or that you've done that makes um, I don't know if it's specific or unique to me, but um, something that I enjoy is uh, the challenge of self-discipline. It's something I've liked forever since I was a little kid. It's like, I want to see, it's why I like fitness. It's why I want to see, it's why I started doing Ironman triathlons. It's why I do CrossFit. It's why I I, I like to um, be an entrepreneur and challenge. I like the idea of challenging myself and seeing what's possible. I think there's a lot of people out there that are like that. And for those people, I think New Year's resolutions would work well and goals probably work fairly well for those people. But again, I don't think that's the majority of people. And I think that we're talking to the vast majority like they're those type of people. It's a misguided notion. Like Mm -hmm. we're talking to people like set a goal, go after it, achieve it, and you can do this when that's not what these people should be given. They should be given more understanding of who they are and what it takes to get to somewhere they want to go if that's where they want to go. I don't think people understand. I think people set goals haphazardly um, or resolutions haphazardly thinking it's something that they want when in fact it's not. Okay. So let's back up. Let's, let's talk to the people who aren't, you know, who can't say on January 1st, I'm not eating a piece of chocolate and then never, never does it again for 20 years. What instead, what, what do you replace a New Year's resolution with? Okay. Um, so the first thing I would do is call it New Year's resolutions or call it goals, either, either which one. Largely in part, that goal, right? And most people say like, first off, most people don't say I'm not going to eat chocolate. I'm not going to have a sweet. What most people are saying is I got to get in shape, right? So the first level of goal setting is what everybody that's had any experience with goals understands anyway. You make them smart, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time bound. That's not that it, I almost feel like that's not what this podcast is about. That's mm-hmm. not what we're gonna talk about. That's to me, that's old hat and that's you that's standard. But the base of that is let's at least make things specific. Okay, if you've done that, you're at level one, essentially. You've taken the first step. But from there, it's like people say, like, I want to lose 30 pounds. Well, wanting to learn 30 lose 30 pounds is a is novel and it's it's respectable and maybe appropriate and it's certainly specific and it's whether it's attainable or not we could discuss that but i think we have to f- decide w- 
how, how much are you willing to commit to that? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you willing to do to make that happen? And more so than the goal itself, let's talk about the necessary process to make that happen. On a day-to-day activity level, what does that look like? If this is what it takes to make that happen. So let's say someone says, I, you know, they're super motivated. They're super psyched to the craziness of 2016 was over and all the stuff that came with that. Now the 2017 is going to be the year of transformation for them. They're going to lose 30 pounds in the first three months. Great. Let's do that. Okay. Here's what that looks like on a day-to-day basis. Are you willing to commit to that? It entails, and we do this for any sort of goals, right? Mm-hmm. But let's talk about somebody that wants to lose weight. It's What it means is you're going to work out every single day. Are you willing to do that? You're going to eat. You're not, you're not, let's take some foods and let's just cross them off the list. You are not going to eat these foods. And then from there, let's have, let's, let's create a, a, a determine your level of discipline, hmm. which is when it gets hard and you know it's going to get hard. If it was easy, you would have done it last year or the year before, the last seven years you've been thinking about this. It's not a met level of want because you've been wanting this for so long. I know you have. If you're saying New Year's resolution, it's not like this epiphany like, whoa, there it is. You've been thinking about this for a long time. So it's not a matter of like this revelation you're thinking about it. It's how much are you willing to give up to make it happen? And that should be the Rev, uh, the resolution. Hmm. I am resolving to no matter what happens to work out every single day. Now that means I'm going to wake up every single morning at 6 a.m. and run five miles, three miles, two miles, one mile, half a whatever it is. But it doesn't matter the distance. It doesn't matter. That, what matters is you're committing yourself to the process of doing it every day. And I will not break that consistency. It will not go away. That means if I had some crazy travel plans or my kids got sick or I got no sleep last night, it doesn't matter. What the important part is, is the consistency to that process. And there's a, um, a Jerry Seinfeld reference that kind of ties this into, um, it ties this up and it's, the story is Jerry Seinfeld, everyone knows, yep. the most successful comedian in history, mm-hmm. you know, $278 million in one year. That's not accumulation. In one year, he made $278 million. And he still continued to play these kind of small-time nightclubs because he was interested in honing his craft. Yep. A up-and-coming comedian asked him after one of his gigs, do you have any recommend- any um, advice for me? You know, how I want to break into Hollywood. Do you have anything I think that I should do? What would work well for you? And it was not, it was, this is, I love this because it was no big astronomical step. It was truly create the habit. Mm-hmm. What he said was buy a full year calendar and put up on your wall, in your office, in your basement, wherever it is you do your work. Full calendar your wall. And on day one, January 1st, write one joke. If you write one joke, cross off that day with a big red X. On January 2nd, write a joke and cross it off with a big red X. And after you do that for two or three weeks, what you'll see is this long, this sem- a building chain. Your goal is not to break the chain. And that's the deal is if like you want to lose 30 pounds, if you want to be the best comedian in the world, it doesn't take, it's not rocket science. All it is, is you are what you repeatedly do. Jerry Seinfeld's a great comedian because he wrote jokes every single day. 
Some are going to be good. Some are going to be bad. Some of those runs you get up in the morning are going to be terrible. Some are going to be great. It doesn't matter. The idea is don't break the chain. Dial in the habit. So then when you... When you're thinking about that, you're not thinking about, or maybe you are, but are you're not thinking about, I'm going to lose 30 pounds and this is how I'm going to do it. You're thinking simply, like, in other words, is that, do you set that goal up, that sort of that big goal, you know, for Jerry Seinfeld, it will, it might've been, you know, I'm going to have at the end of the year, an hour long stand up special, right? Are you, are you suggesting that that doesn't matter so much, the 30 pounds or the stand-up special doesn't matter as much yeah. as the commitment to tomorrow, I'm going to get up and I'm going to run. And the next day I'm going to do the same thing. That's it. Absolutely. Exactly. Okay. Yep. In fact, I would take it the next step further. People are setting a goal is like trying to throw darts in the dark. It's like, why, why 30 pounds? Why Jerry Seinfeld, a one hour special? Yeah. Why not 50 pounds and why not $278 million? You're probably more likely to sell yourself short. Right. Now, the other thing- Because your, your imagination can only go so far, but not- You, you're, you don't want to fail. Yeah. P- humans don't want to fail. It's the biggest thing that they fear in the world. It's public speaking, death, and failure. It's, you need to, I just made those up on the spot. I, don't, <laughs> I have no reference for that whatsoever. That's probably accurate. <laughs> the idea behind it is that you have no control over the end state results of your goal, right? If the goals- are the result, the definition of a goal, the result from which forth you put in effort. Screw the result, focus on the effort. The effort's what gives you all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. So let's just focus on what's gonna drive you towards that, build in the habit, and that's gonna lead you to where you wanna be. Where do people, so the, the thing that I imagine some people thinking is, okay, back up. So the, the thing that's really interesting in that is the daily habit. Or the daily, uh, the daily discipline, right? The writing the one joke, going to the gym, you know, every day. Is that the element in it that's important? The the daily part of it, or is it like, is it just as good to say I'm going to go to the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I'm I'm not yeah. going to miss Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Is that just a less? Is that a, is that a weaker version, but still a, an effective one? You think, or is it? Does it need to be every day? Yeah, I, I think it should be an everyday thing. Because I truly believe it's a chain and the chain is what builds the momentum. It's what creates the the habit and de- defines who you are. It's people that say like, well, I'm only going to have four drinks this week. That sucks. That's a, that's me. That's a crappy goal. If you're not, if you don't want to drink and you think drinking is bad for you, don't drink, like get rid of it. If you think that going to the gym or not even going to the gym, but working on being active is important. That's what you want to do. Do it every day and mark it off every single day. And that habit done time and time again, it's what you are, what you repeatedly do. It's not what you, you aren't what you do sometimes. <laughs> you occasionally. Right. It's not what you occasionally do. <laughs> it's like people say like, I'm going to eat, people make the goal of like, I'm going to get healthy this year. So I'm going to. Everyone knows what healthy is. It's exercise and diet. So like, I'm going to eat cleaner. I'm going to eat less. And I'm going to exercise more. That's a shitty goal. That sucks. Like, let's define what it is. And then let's do that every single day. If you can't do it every day, I think what's easier is say something that you're not going to do every day. The abstinence to me is easier than the proactivity. Hmm. It's easier for me to say, um, I am not going to have bread. I am not going to have desserts. It's much easier for me to say that than to say, I am going to have vegetables at every meal. That's hard. Like mm-hmm. you have to like pre- plan, prepare. Saying no is just saying no. Like you, that's totally 100% in the, 
in your control. There's no reason in the world other than your conscious choice that you're saying, I'm going to have that. It's the same thing with, um, you have to put things 100% in your control to make that happen. And that's why I like the say no to one thing, just Mm -hmm. that. The other thing I want to back up with is um, in terms of the goal part of it, the reason other goals, which I don't like, is become they become this big like elephant in the room. They become this big scary thing. They become this thing like, am I going to make it or not? And there's this fear of failure again and people just pull it away because the worst thing to people in people's mind is like to try really hard and not make it. Well, I think that's a, a great end result. Why not try as hard as you possibly can and not make it? Mm-hmm. To me, that's so much more valiant and respectable than not trying very hard and and not making it at all or not trying very hard and setting a really low standard goal and making that's it. It's easy to hit. Yeah. So what goals end up being is just pressure. It's like, it's just this thing where like, if you want to deadlift 400 pounds this year, that's a, every day you go in the gym and you have a bad day. It's like, oh my God, that's such a bad day. I'm not going to make my goal. Well, if your goal is just to go into the gym and lift, you're totally in your control. You can do that. Chances are, if your goal is to go in the gym and lift, you're going to get the 400-pound deadlift anyway and probably supersede that more so than you ever thought possible. Or you get it much faster than you thought possible. Katrin's, we have never out loud said to each other that her goal is to win the CrossFit Games. We've talked about this before. It's just not the way we operate. Our goal is to have an amazing training and practice session every single day. Create that X on the calendar saying, today we did this. And over time, that builds into something amazing. The other part about that is it builds this momentum, mm-hmm. right? Where all you're trying to do is have something you're doing or not doing, right? If you do that enough times, now you got this like huge thing. It's like, well, why would I break it now? It's that type of thing, right? Like alcoholics that are recovering alcoholics that haven't drank in um, two weeks are going to have a really hard time making it to week number three and four. Well, recovering alcoholics that haven't drank in 37 years, that drink at that party isn't as tempting anymore because they've worked so much. They've built up so much. Imagine wasting all of that. What we're trying to do is build how much can we push underneath us? How much can we build ourselves up upon? And it's I think that's the better approach than saying like, I'm shooting for that way out over there, which I'm really not sure if it's the right thing that I'm going for, if it's achievable, if it's the right time or anything else. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this, this idea of the, the sort of the daily discipline, what happens in, in your mind, if you were to, if you were to do this and, and you missed a day or you missed two days, what is the mindset necessary in order to get that chain going again? Like, is that, is it two times harder? Like, what is the, what is the, the story that people tell themselves that makes, okay, yeah, you skipped it or you missed a day. It's okay. Get back on the, you know, get back on it the next day. Like, what is that or how do you how do you work through that? Uh, part of it is, again, there's the focus on the daily discipline, not on the end goal, right? So if it's the end goal and it's a really bad day you need to do it, you're like, well, there goes that. There goes the whole goal. If it's just a matter of creating the chain, creating the process, creating the daily habit, one day I didn't get it. Okay. The next thing I can do is get back on the horse and start it up again. And my goal is now to have as few, is to build up the next biggest chain I possibly can starting this thing again. It's it's not easy, right? None of this is easy. But again, the way the one of the reasons I like the don't do something is because chances are if it's 
let's say, let's say this year your goal is to eat healthy. Instead of saying like, I'm going to drink more water, I'm going to have more vegetables and more clean proteins, and I'm going to weigh and measure my food. Those are really hard. I'm not saying they're wrong goals, Mm -hmm. but you have to recognize what is your discipline level? What is your dedication? Are you have to determine the discipline before you go into that? Because there's a, that's going to be a really hard road to hoe. Much easier to me is if your goal is for nutrition is say, I am not going to have a dessert. I'm not going to have a sweet at tomorrow. That's it. I'm not going to have a sweet today even, right? Say it's today. And then tomorrow I'm going to start that thing over again and just keep that going for as long as you possibly can. That's where I set out when I started doing this was I'm not going to have red meat. And then I said, I'm not going to have sweets and I'm not going to have soda. And then I gave up baked goods. And before I knew it, it had been a decade and I hadn't had any of those things. It wasn't, I didn't set out trying to create that. If I, if I started off like, I'm I'm creating a new year's resolution where I'm not going to have bread, baked goods, you know, muffins, cookies, or sweets for for 10 years, (laughs) starting January 1st, 2017. That's, it's an impossibility. There's no right. way I could wrap my head around that. It's very when you start running marathons, you don't go run out, start running a marathon. You were doing Ironman triathlons, you don't start running an Ironman triathlon. You go out and you swim, bike, and run today. And then tomorrow you revisit the appropriate training volume and whatever it is, and you do that again the next day. You just start to build these little chains. Are you? Is this still? Is this something that you're still doing? You know, even this year, and you can you can share if you have any particular resolutions or not but is this a habit that that you you continually find sort of a new target for like a new fill in the blank that i'm not doing anymore yeah so i we started this whole thing off with like i hate resolutions right and i i do i i may have made that up though yeah no it's it's not it's i hate them for certain people and certain things and i just don't like why wait till January 1st? That's right. right? Yeah. And if you didn't do it on January 1st, it's not like this year's gone, right? Like you start on <laughs> January 2nd or you start on, you know, April yeah. April 13th. It yeah. doesn't matter. Um, things that I'm working on this year is I have the same resolution or same goal that I had last year, which is not smart. It's ambiguous and I'm not going to be able to measure it. And I don't know if I achieved it, but I do, is to do less. I want to do less and do it better. I want more free time. I want more time with my families. I want more time to do things I truly enjoy. One of my definitions of success is to be able to blur the line between work and play. I've done a terrific job of making work feel like play, yep. but I haven't done enough of seeking out actual true play. And I need to do more of going skiing and um, mountain biking and um, things like that. So my first one is to do less, to do less better. Um, to be less busy and my second one is um someone up there someone somewhere is telling me um to get into meditation because everywhere i turn um it's about meditation and i've done a 30-day mindfulness challenge i've done i know a fair amount about it i've practiced it before but um my goal for this year is to get into a daily routine much like the x's um with, with some sort of mindfulness or meditation practice. Heather's been doing that, right? Yep. Heather. Yeah. My wife has uh, been doing a lot. She uses Headspace. Yep. Um, it was recommended to her by her nutritionist, yep. Adi. Uh, it was Adi Zucker. Now it's Adi Cashew. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, from Working Against Gravity. And she's great. She gives a lot more advice than just, you know, pure, yep. you know, macros. She's, yep. you know, working with her on uh, meditation stuff. So my problem is I, when I start to meditate, I fall asleep. 
So that's, I, I'm very good at emptying my head, mm -hmm. but I empty it too much and I'm asleep. <laughs> Shut down. Yeah. So I, I, I've practiced it a fair amount and Heather does it to help her sleep and we do it together as a couple in yeah. bed. Um, and literally I used to do it when I used to get, um, acupuncture, we do body scans, which is a form of meditation. And you listen to a voice and you focus on your toes and mm -hmm. then your, your heels and then your ankles and your knees. Well, by the time it, I never got past my knees, I'd be all cold. <laughs> I don't know what the rest of the, I don't know what the rest of it is. <laughs> and that's, that's like, in, that's like in with the first like 45 seconds. Yeah. So I'm very good at, good at emptying sleeping. my head and falling asleep. Have you ever tried, um, the the sensory deprivation tanks like the floating tanks I forget oh, I think oh yeah it's uh there, there's a new one in Boston like a float tank yeah float um, tank because that that I've heard is similar no it's not to called that. a float tank what is it, it there's a there's it's a, a recovery tank. thing where you basically become zero gravity yeah you you're, you're not floating you're not sinking you're, you're not trying to stay with, afloat yeah. you are literally I've never done it um but I would love I've to heard I've heard it. It's a very meditative state. Yeah, exactly. Where and you are like you can't handle it at all, or it's like or it's again. I think I would fall asleep. <laughs> you just drown. Yeah, that's that'd be a fear of mine. Actually, yeah, is that I would literally just like be asleep and roll over because it's. Um, I've heard really. I know some people have done it. Yeah. Um, and it is really cool because you literally you you lose the ability to. It's in a dark room and you're floating in this water that's perfectly balanced. Yeah, because so, it, has, it has Epsom salt or something. So exactly. Like, yeah. So you are not so you're not trying to stay awake. All. There's yeah. no work at all. Yeah. And there's no feeling anything around you. It's literally like you're floating in space. So you lose this proprioceptiveness of like, after a while being in there, you're in there for like an hour a, or two hours. Yeah, yeah, a long time. You get this feeling of like, am I upside down? Am I face down, face up? Like, and I think that I probably would end up face down. <laughs> You'll have to let us know if that happens. Yeah. Um, anything else on goals or, or resolutions worth talking about? You know, I think that the the big thing is um, if goals work for you, that's great. Set goals, be goal-oriented, but recognize that it's not about the end state. It's about the, the daily habits that you're creating. It's about the process. And before the process is your character. You have to work on developing, you know, it's why it doesn't work for everybody because people don't take the time to develop their character. It's a hard, scary thing to look at. Like, am I disciplined? Am I committed? Am I, um, can I trust myself? Those type of things. Those are scary questions. Mm -hmm. It's much easier to say, you know, I'm going to eat the cake today yeah. or I'm going to hit the snooze button. It's then like, you know, who am I as a person? Um, and the next level of that is determine your level of dedication. So, when one of the things that is so impressed me with Katrin, and I put some of this practice in my own self, is two examples for Katrin. There is never, ever a missed training session. It doesn't matter what's going around. If she's flying and she's got a photo shoot and she has to do X, Y, and Z that day, she gets up earlier. You know, she gets up at 4.30 to get it in. If it's all these things that she has, um, all these things that she has... She says no to a whole bunch of things. It's when she goes out to eat with other people, she brings her scale with her so mm. she can weigh and measure at other people's houses or she brings prepared meals. Now, other people can laugh at that and look at that. That's weird and stuff like that. Well, in my saying is like, go ahead and laugh at me, you know, for Catherine's sake. Like, here's a great story. At the athlete's dinner at the CrossFit Games this year, they do an athlete dinner where they announce the first day of workouts and they say, you're getting on a plane at 3.30 in the morning and they don't know where they're going. And Dave Castro basically does a scare session. It's, you know, watch out for the sharks. And that's basically what the whole dinner is about. Yeah. 
<laughs> at that dinner, they serve the athlete's food. Katrin brought her scale. And at the athlete table, she's there with all the other girl games athletes. She brings out her scale and she starts portioning out the food that they gave her and weighing out her macros and everything. And all the girls started laughing at her like, what are you doing? Like, it's this is good. And she's like, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's worked out pretty well. Um, another thing that um, when I went through this, I had I challenged myself last spring to see if um, see what I was capable of on a nutritional standpoint, and I really had no end state goal of where I wanted to be in terms of like how lean I wanted to be or performance or anything else. I wanted to do it just for the sake of like what can I commit myself to, and can I stick to it? And the thought was I'm going to weigh and measure my food for 30 days eating clean, whatever you want to call that, paleo, you know, whole foods. So weighed and measured exactly down to what I needed to and only clean foods. If I wasn't able to eat that and zone proportioned, if I wasn't able to do that. So it's to me, it's like the hardest core thing there is, right? It's like, it's everything. It's It's quantity and quality. Yeah. So it's quantity and quality, but the difference between macros and zone is like, I could have all of my oatmeal now and I could have all my protein later. So this is literally every single meal was 40, 30, 30, gotcha. perfectly balanced out, weighed down to the all that stuff and real whole foods. No, like I'm going to get my carbohydrates in with a donut, right? I want to see if I can do that for 30 days. And my what my, dedi- um, my dedication to discipline was for myself, I told myself, if I can't do that at a meal, I don't get to eat that meal. So- because of that, it was like every meal was perfect. And if there wasn't, there's my out. I have an out. The out is not the donut. Right. The out is I don't eat. It's that type of thing. You know, you could do something else. Like I am going to get up every single day at 5.30 a.m., no snooze whatsoever. And to do that, you have to go to bed at a certain time and dial in your nightly routine. Well, if you're dialing in your nightly routine and maybe that goes out of whack one day, your punishment to yourself, your dedication discipline is you still get up at 5.30 that day Mm -hmm. and you have to suffer through a tough day that day knowing that's going to be hard and the next time you're probably going to be a little more dedicated to the discipline of the nighttime routine. So you have to be willing to hold hold yourself to the standard that you set. People, people set these goals and at the first blush of something that's like challenging, they're like, oh, okay, you know, I'm going to eat clean. I was never going to do yeah. it anyways. I, exactly. Yeah. I'm going to eat clean. And on the first weekend, their buddies are going to the bar and the nachos come out and like, okay, the nachos. Like, yeah. dude, like it's, it's not that, it's not rocket science. Like say no to the nachos no matter what. Like that's the way it is. And you just got to find... Basically, you draw the lines in the sand. And the deeper you can draw that line and know that the other thing, the other activity is over on the other side and you don't do that, the more likelihood you're going to do that. And just know that it's over there and I can't do that. For most of us, smoking cigarettes is not a challenge anymore because it's so far over there. You just have to kind of figure out where the line in the sand is, where your standards fall, and make sure that you are holding yourself to that. Let us end it there. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.